Hello and welcome to Midweek Move, a podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what does it mean? And how does it actually apply to our lives? I'm Dallas. I'm so glad to have you guys here with us. And uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing the journey through the book of Colossians. Pastor Scott is uh, joining me today as we uh, we kind of take our next step here. Pastor, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited to kind of walk through this. I believe there's some... Uh there's some foundational things here. And last week, you know, if you listened last week or watched last week, uh, we kind of talked about maybe the the little region that could, <laughs> the smallest region that Paul was kind of reaching out to. Right. But yet these people had already gone through so much. Right. Uh, whether it be persecution, whether it be false doctrine, heresy, uh, all types of things have, have tried to come against them. Right. Uh, in, in them following Jesus. And I know that we can all... You can relate to that. I can relate to that. We were just talking about it right before we started uh, recording this. Right. That we all have things we walk through every day. Right. For me this week, it's it's uh, it's meetings and truck. Right. A, a truck, right? <laughs> and it's like things break and things go. And in the midst of all that, the enemy's trying to distract us. Right. He's trying to get us to get our eyes on all those things, mm-hmm. get our eyes off Jesus. And one thing I love about Colossians is that Paul, he talks about all these things, mm-hmm. but he's always bringing them back to Jesus. Exactly. And that's what we kind of dealt with in chapter one was the preeminence of Jesus, right. the fullness in Jesus. Like he's kind of dealing with everything that is going on around them, but he keeps pointing them to Jesus. And uh, I think that's why I am so drawn to this. Paul's got all these letters and man, there's so much richness in all of them. Right. But I think at certain seasons of your life, you lean towards certain books. Mm-hmm. And so, like, right now, I'm reading Job. Oh, wow. <laughs> and your car's falling apart? <laughs> <laughs> Some people won't read Job because they're afraid of what might happen. That's funny, though. And, it, and it's also, you bring up a good point because sometimes, historically, and I've made jokes about this, but it's true. Yeah. Like, you do a Bible study on Job. Hey, we're going to do a Bible study on Job on Sunday afternoons at Right. Four o'clock. Nobody shows up. Everyone's <laughs> available at four o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Nobody shows right. up. Hey, why didn't you come for Job? Man, I don't want that to happen to me. It's mm. like in our minds, we think if we read about hardship or something like that, mm. it's going to come back to us. It is a little odd that I'm having some major yeah. issues with my truck and I'm reading right. Job. Well, what's interesting about that, that conversation, and this isn't part of our, our what we plan on doing, but... Years it's ag- a part of our podcast. It's part though. of our podcast today. Uh, years ago, when I was a young man, I had the opportunity to teach uh, Sunday school for our students. Um, and, uh, and God bless the the leader who put me in that position because I'd never done that before, but I did what I could. Uh, and um, I I looked at the students and I talked with our the leader at the time. I said, hey, the curriculum is just not working. Can, can we just do something else? He's like, yeah. You know, what do you want to do? I was like, they just don't know what the Bible says. So we took a look at Matthew. Uh, and so started walk walk through Matthew, and as I'm studying, I remember uh, having a conversation with my leaders, like, man, I'm reading through Matthew, and every time I study something, it takes place in my life. Yeah. And he goes, maybe it's because you're just finally focused on what the Lord's wanting to do in your life, <laughs> and because you've studied, the Lord's going, okay, now that you've seen this, let me show it actively in your life. And so that's that's an aspect of us getting into the Word. Yeah, I think that when we're getting into the Word, when we're praying, mm-hmm. we all of a sudden become aware of things that are happening around us that maybe we weren't completely aware of before. Right. It's all happening around us. Right. 
But if your heart is numb or your mind is numb mm. or, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about your heart and, and your mind mm-hmm. and how that affects the way that you see things right. and what you see and how you see it, right. what you say, how you say it. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about, you know, as a man thinketh, you know, right? right. And then it connects to the heart, you right. know, well, out of the mouth, the heart speaks right? right it's like out of the, you know out of your mouth what you're speaking it's starting in here right. right and then what you're thinking then gets down into here and then it comes out of here and so i think that when we begin to lean into the scripture all of a sudden we're aware of things and it's not just things that are happening to us it's like god has a plan in those things right exactly like my truck this week i don't know what the plan is but i do know that i'm reading job and i'm having to be patient with the truck right so if I'm not reading Job, would that be a main thing for me? I'm not sure, but because I am reading Job mm-hmm. and I'm seeing Job lash out and I'm seeing his friends bring accusation against him and he's frustrated and all that, but we know that one of the great lessons of Job is about patience. Right. God is working everything out in his own way. Right. And so because I'm reading Job, now I'm thinking about my truck and I was getting so frustrated but then this morning, I'm reading Job, and the guy calls me about my truck, but I'm reading Job, and the part I'm reading in Job is one of his other friends comes hard after him, and he's like, you're sin, you're this, you're this, and then Job is like, mm, I kind of agree with you in some of that, and he responds to his friend almost in a nice way, Yeah. but then when he starts talking to God, he's mm. just, <laughs> man, he is just unloading. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of that, knowing the rest of the story, I know that that was his process to get him to a place where he was secure Mm. in the fact that he may not know what God was doing or why God was doing it, but Mm. God was doing something. Absolutely. And so I think that you're you're right on point. I believe that as we talk about some things from Colossians 2, that whether we're watching, listening, or you and I are talking, we're going to look at something in our life and go, oh... Okay, yeah. I'm aware of that now. But it's like what people like they, you and I have dealt with people over the years that have like, man, I'm reading my Bible. And it's like God's still talking to me, and I'm sitting there going, God's been talking to you the entire time. Yep, you're just now willing to listen. Yep, and um, so that's I'm, like when somebody encounters the presence of God, they open their heart and they encounter the presence of God, and they're like, whoa, wait a second, mm-hmm. what just happened? It's like, well, God's been trying to speak to you like that forever, right? But your heart was never open to truly encountering the Lord. Yeah. And now when you encounter, you're like, okay, well, that looks different. That sounds different. Right. That There's an awareness that comes, which is another reason for this whole midweek move. Right. Right in the middle of the week, we're going, hey, man, let's just kind of not take a pause. Mm-hmm. Let's make a move. Let's get into the word so that it creates an awareness around us. Right. So that now we see things not necessarily as problems, but we see them as an opportunity. One of your first sermons you ever preached here at the Healing Place, you you preached about, well, you brought up an illustration of something. It's a process in the mind, R-E something or another. It's like where you, you've you've created a pathway in your mind. R-E-S. R-E-S, Reticular yeah. activating system. Yeah. That when you become aware of something, you begin to see it. Exactly. So it's that whole premise of... You, you see a car, you're mm. like, oh my gosh, I've got to have that car. You see it on a lot. Right. I've got to have that car. You get the car, you pull it off the lot, and now you see that car everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what was the only thing that changed? You became aware of right. that car. Now you see it. That's right. like Tanya bought a rendezvous, a right. Buick rendezvous. We had never even seen one, but she sees one on the lot. She's like, I want it. She gets it. 
Now, all of a sudden, we're seeing rendezvous everywhere. Right. But there was an awareness that right. kicked in. It's the same with the Word of God. Exactly. And honestly, my my prayer for folks as you guys listen to this podcast is we talk about what God's in here. Because a lot of Colossians is going, everything's in Christ. Look where Christ is. That as you guys go throughout your day, you begin to see Christ in the places that you never thought you'd see him before. Yep. And so let's jump into it. Colossians chapter 2. Um. Uh, Paul's jumping in here, and, and he's done his intro, and he's, he's done a lot of things, and now he's getting into some uh, interesting stuff. And I, there was an interesting phrasing in the front end of this. It says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those of Lacedia. This conversation of him having a great struggle, this is it presenting kind of a deep-rooted um, passion that he has. It's going, he's like, I'm so passionate as, as a leader to see you do right that I can't be there. Like, I, I literally cannot be there because I'm in prison. <laughs> yep. But look, I'm taking time to write a letter to you right now. I'm taking the time to go, look, let me encourage you um, in, in certain things. What is he working to encourage them in, Pastor? Well, I, in my version, it says, for I want you to know what a great conflict yeah. I have for you. When we hear that word conflict, I mean, that that brings up all manner of things Um um, in our hearts and in our minds of thinking, okay, um, conflict is something I don't really want to do. Mm. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to, um, I don't want to, um, I, I don't want to wrestle. Mm. To me, the word conflict means you got to wrestle through some things. Sure. When you deal with w- the whole principle of conflict resolution, mm-hmm. it is you're trying to get to a place where everyone can get to. Right. Not where only one person can get to. But who's the conflict with? Right. Well, let's get to a place where everybody can get there. Well, Paul's going, listen, I have this great conflict that I have for you and those in Laodicea, which I think is important because when you think of those in Laodicea, Jesus rebukes them for being lukewarm. Right. Right? Not, I wish you were hot or cold, mm-hmm. but because you become lukewarm. And and so Paul here, when he talks about um, this, this passion, mm-hmm. again, he cannot be with them. He's got a heart for for them to walk with God. He's he's been pointing them all back. He wants them to be unified. He wants them to get the fullness of Jesus and all of those things. Um, but even when he's in this, like I would think he would say, for for I want you to know what a great conflict I have because I have been imprisoned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's like, no, because I want to be with you. Right. I want to see you. I want to. I want to be with you. I want your hearts to be encouraged. He says in verse two, "I want you to be knit together in love and attaining all the riches of the full assurance of understanding and knowledge of the mystery of God." Like he's downloading some amazing treasure right. of why he's in great conflict. Right. He's not just in great conflict because he can't be there with him in person. Mm-hmm. He's in great conflict because he wants to see these things functioning in their life exactly not accounted to him right but accounted to christ right and when he goes and he and he continues on even in verse three where he says in in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge Mm. like i don't want to just be with you so we can hang out right like the conflict i have is that i can't be there to see this treasure flowing out of your life right that i can't be there when the eyes of your understanding are opened and you get it. The light bulb goes off. Like this is the conflict he's having where he could have the conflict that, you know, Oh, woe is me. I'm Paul. I can't do this. You know, I've been falsely accused. I've been this, but he's not saying that he's saying, man, I want to see the fruit in your life. Right. Like I want to be there to see, 
the fruit that comes from your life. And as a leader, sometimes I think that it's hard when you're going through your own stuff mm. to think this way. Yeah. That, man, I have this great conflict inside of me because Dallas, although I'm across town right now and I'm doing this, I know you're doing that, and I want to see that. Right. Not so I can take credit for it, but so I can see that flow out of your life mm. because I know that's inside of you. Paul's mm. been telling them for, for several verses already, I know the call that God has on you. I know your love for God. I know, I know you love Jesus. But now I have this conflict because I want to see those things come out of you. Yeah. And I think that he teaches us a great lesson just in these three verses is that it's not about him at all. Right. That his desire is not even for the person necessarily, mm -hmm. but what's going to come out of them because mm -hmm. they're focused, their hearts and their minds are stayed on Jesus. Right. And he knows that the fruit that comes out of that is the fruit that remains that he that he writes about mm -hmm. in his letters, the fruit that remains. Right. And so I, I think as a leader, um, we have to take our own advice. <laughs> And sometimes that's difficult. Keep your eyes on Jesus no matter what you're going through. Right. Like, I've, again, I, I don't want to be a broken record, but before we started recording, we were even talking about this stuff. I was talking about all these streams flowing as one river for me this week. Right. But in the midst of that, I don't want to miss something that the Lord wants to do in your life or mm -hmm. something that the Lord wants to do in Rick's life or something the Lord wants to do in Dana's life or Jaren's life or Tanya's life. Mm -hmm. Like, I, even if I can't be around for all that, I want to long for those things to happen. Right. And I think Paul teaches us a great lesson that although he's going through a really difficult situation, his eyes are on Jesus. Therefore, his heart is for other people to experience what he's experienced in Christ. Absolutely. And what I love a lot about the fact that Paul is having this struggle is Paul doesn't know these people. Like we talked about last week, he didn't start this church. He never visited these people. These people don't know him except for by name. Yep. Epaphras was the first one to go. Exactly. And so um, yet still, even not knowing, he has this passion to reach people, which is challenging to me because I ask myself sometimes like, Am I that passionate to reach other people who I don't even know? It's easy for us to, to be passionate about people we know. Yeah. You know, you talk about, you know, here at this house, the healing place. I was talking to a parent once and they were, you know, they were um they were in the 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 predates to their kid leaving for college, going out of state, and they're just distraught. And it's like, well, they're gonna be okay. The parent knows they're gonna be okay, but they won't be there with that kid. Yeah. Now this is Paul. I don't even know you, but man, I am so passionate to see you grow in Christ. But there is one key though. Paul had heard about them. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing is that I think that sometimes if if we would listen, mm -hmm. right, in order for Paul to hear about what God was doing in them or what was coming against them, yeah. he had to be listening. Mm -hmm. He couldn't have been thinking about his own problems and his own mm -hmm. situation and his own difficulty with whether it was with the Romans or Jewish leaders or whoever it was because he had plenty of detractors <laughs> and he had plenty of people who wanted him in prison. But the fact that he would take time to listen and to hear about them. Mm -hmm. Great quote that I heard last week from a great leader. Mm. Uh, I think we need to learn to lead with our ears rather than with our mouth. So good. And I think that's one thing. Yes, Paul is speaking here and it's being transcribed and all that. But he's only speaking after he's listened first. Right. And I think we talked a little bit about that last week. Mm -hmm. That he took time to listen. Right. 
and to hear about these people mm-hmm. before he sends a correspondence. Right. Paul was an apostle with authority of the Holy Spirit. He could have sent this at any time. Right. He could have sent it to him and said, hey, you need to do this, you need to do this. But he took time to listen and hear about their plight. Right. But also about their faithfulness and obedience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Then taking that in through prayer to the Lord and then going, okay, let me send this to them. Right. And let them know that they're not alone. Exactly. So good. All right. So, um, man, there's just so much that takes place in this chapter. I wanna, Sorry, I'm talking with my hands. No, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I want to focus in on chapter on verses six and seven because I feel like there's a lot here that um, you and I can unpack and talk through. Uh, verses six and seven. Now, I'm reading from the English Standard Version over here. Therefore, as you received Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So Paul is encouraging the people to continue to walk in Jesus. And there, there's um, kind of four main things that he brings up. Being rooted, yep. built up, established in the faith, and then abounding in thanksgiving. And I, I want to break that down with you because I know you have a lot of insight to some of these things. What does it mean to be rooted? Well, rooted really almost leans more towards uh, the word immovable. Mm-hmm firmly planted right um when you look at it you think of the word rooted you begin to think about trees Mm. and in louisiana we have a lot of different trees yeah you know we have oak trees we have pecan trees we have cypress trees we have all manner of types of trees right willows you name it we've got it some of those trees are really hardwood and have deep 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 roots and some of those trees are not they have more shallow roots Mm -hmm. what we see a lot in our state is that we have a lot of storms, mm. a lot of storms. We have seasonal storms, and then we have some that just rise up out of the Gulf, and boom, they're on us before we know it. Right. Some that we can prepare for, and some that there's no amount of preparation that prepares us for. Mm-hmm. Even up here in the north, we have experienced in the last couple of years uh, hurricane-type storms. And one thing that we see consistently are trees down, Mm -hmm. even if the winds aren't super high. And you can go back to the roots of that to see which ones go down Mm -hmm. and which ones don't, which ones snap off Mm. and which ones are pulled up by the root. The ones that are pulled up by the root and don't snap off, Mm -hmm. those are the ones that are firmly rooted. The ones that snap off normally are the ones that have a very weak root system. Right. And, and so when you think about that word rooted, firmly planted, we have such a transient culture in 2022. We have a disposable culture and a transient culture. Mm. We, have a, we have a culture that doesn't want to be firmly planted. Right. You know, one of the stats is uh, astonishing that the 20 to 35-year-olds, like 90-something percent of them live in apartments, condos, or rental properties, mm. not homeowners. Right. That thing of not being firmly planted. One thing that I hear a lot from people is, man, I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to live there. I want to live there. Same thing with a job. Man, people don't stay in jobs 30 years anymore. Right. People don't stay in jobs 40 years anymore. It's like people that have been in the workforce 10 years, if you ask them, hey, how many jobs have you had? It's like 30. Yeah. 40. (laughs) Or I don't have one job. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I have five part-time jobs, mm. right? So there is even this thing in our current culture about not being rooted. We see that in the church world yeah, uh, a lot, a very transient moving through. And when you're talking about in Christ, he's telling them rooted. That's the first thing, rooted, firmly planted, not moving. Mm-hmm. That has to do with your your faith and your position. Right. But then he says built up. Right. Right? So what are your thoughts on that? So rooted is this place of position. Right. I'm, I, I am not going to be moved. Right. Like that's a, deci- that's a conscious decision you make. Right. Before a foundation is even built, mm-hmm. there has to be a decision that there's going to be a foundation. Right. I think we forget that. Mm. We forget that, yeah, I want to be rooted, but you got to make a decision to be rooted mm-hmm. before you can be rooted. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't just happen. Right. And that decision a lot of times has to be by faith. Right. You don't see what's going to happen in the next, but you're like, no matter what happens, I'm not moving. Right. So it begins with a decision, but then it says built up. Right. So that built up, it speaks to, it's beyond the initial experience, the initial, I, I'm being rooted. I'm being uh, intentional about playing myself here, but now it's a walk that evolves. It's yep. growing in that that aspect. Uh, there's, I, I had a conversation with a person one day. And we're talking about, um, we're several of us just talking about faith, talking about um, you know, the quote unquote deeper things of God. And I, I say that because some people will get really weird with it. And um, the person says, "Well, I'm just happy with my simple faith." And I was like, "The faith is simple. The gospel is simple. Yep. But if it all you do is I'm saved." And that's all you do with it. You're not growing. You're not understanding who God is better. You're not working not just to do that, but to share. Your faith is not really healthy. We have to grow in our faith. Understanding of who he is. Understanding that, you know, sometimes you have Job experiences and you have to have patience and stuff like that. The uh, We talk about the fruit of the Spirit being, uh, it's not just small individual things, but they're, it's almost a complex um, tasting note of faith. Of what it is. Um, Uh-oh, tasting notes. <laughs> I'm trying to speak your We're language. About to, that's my love language. We're about to take a dive into coffee. We're going to bring it back to coffee somehow. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So. You know, that's a great that's a great thing because we actually did an allusion back to Revelation about Laodicea. Right. And one of the things that Jesus has against many of the churches mm-hmm. is that they did not take their next step. Mm-hmm. The way the Laodiceans became lu- lukewarm was that yeah, there was a decision, but they didn't build on it. Right. They didn't grow in it, thereby now they're lukewarm. Right. Same thing with the church at Ephesus. Mm-hmm. He says, you've done this, and you've done this, and you've done this, but you've lost your first love. Right. You've got to repent and go back to the first things. Right. Why? Because you did not take your next step to grow. Right. You were just doing things. You weren't growing in Christ. Right. And so I think that that whole principle of rooted— Yes, it's a process, but it is a decision. I'm not going to be moved. Right. You know, there was a the a hymn years and years ago, I shall not be moved. Mm-hmm. Right? I, that's a decision. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a process. That's a decision. But when you get to built up, you're exactly right. It's beyond that decision. Right. Now it is a process. Right. Next steps. We talk about next steps here all the time. And Absolutely. I know a lot of churches do, and <laughs> it becomes language and people kind of, but at the core of it, it's true. Mm-hmm. You've got to take your next step in Jesus. Right. Rooted, built up. And then it says established in the faith. Now, what does that mean, established in the faith? 
Well, I think especially like for us, and I believe that Paul backs it up with not just Colossians, but his other letters involves the foundation being the scriptures, mm-hmm. the word of God, that you've, uh, you are built up in your most holy faith, mm. right? But then he goes into in multiple letters about the word of God and the foundation of the word of God, and that is living, it's foundational, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it divides what you're feeling, your right. feelers, <laughs> and the spirit. Right. It divides all that, it cuts through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm just not feeling it today. Well, that doesn't matter. I'm making a decision to take a next step. Right. I'm going to grow in the scriptures, the foundation established in the faith. Listen, our faith has many elements to it. Yes, it has the word, prayer. Those are expressions of our faith. Mm-hmm. But our faith at its, at its core is our belief mm. and our confession. Right. Believe in your heart, right, mm-hmm. and confess with your mouth. Right. Not just that Jesus is Lord, not just that he was uh, crucified on a cross, but that he resurrected, mm. which, again, we've dealt with the heresy that a lot of the 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 different uh, groups that tried to come in uh, to the followers of Jesus would right. bring in some of these things, and some of them didn't believe in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know, So that was a kicker for them. They were like, nope, we're not going to take that. If you don't believe in the resurrection, that's a part of our faith. Right. right? That's an expression of our faith. That's a, a core truth in our faith. And I think that for a lot of people who go to church, well, number one, they haven't made a decision mm. to be immovable. Right. It's still open for debate. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, they're moved. Yeah. Secondly, they're not built up because they're not intentionally taking their next step. They may be going to a class at a church or they may be going to this, but they're not doing it on their own. Right. They're not taking that step. And then there's no establishing in the faith because for some people, they're not even sure what that expression of faith is because they've left the door open that it could be something that culture tells them. Right. The word is not the authoritative word of God. Boom, there it comes. Open doors. So now it's like, okay, well, it's just a story, and I can learn some good things from it. So I'm going to read the Bible, right? Well, if you go that direction, then now the Bible becomes like every other book. Right. And now God becomes like every other God. Right. Now you can have many pathways to Mm. get to your truth. Right. And so I think that as he is talking about this, and we see it after this, where he talks about people are coming to try to cheat them and there's going to be philosophies that are going to be said to them and right. heresies and all these other things. But he's kind of getting ahead of that and going, mm-hmm. listen, you got to make a decision. Right. Then you got to take the next step in that and you've got to establish that. Mm-hmm. That is to establish something is not, and I know we see this all the time, name of a business on a shirt and it says EST. Right. That means established. Right. And they put a certain year. But that's not really true. Mm. There was a decision to have a business on that date. Right. But it wasn't established until there was a process of faithfulness. Right. We're not going to move. We're right. not going to change. This is our business. Right. And the businesses that have stayed in that realm are the ones who are succeeding to even today, yeah. some 100 years after they started. Exactly. Because it was established. Not because it was started. Mm. Because it was established. To right. me, established goes back to that's what takes the roots deep. Mm. There's a decision made. There's a next step. And now the established comes in a faithful lifestyle of mm. obedience. Yeah, yeah. Let me say that again. A faithful <laughs> lifestyle of obedience. Right. 
That, to me, is the definition of being established. That's good. That's so good. And then he caps it off with this conversation of abounding in Thanksgiving, which is interesting to me because um, it, it really, it's a, it's a marker of what the Christian walk should be. It should be a, a Thanksgiving. In the good things and the bad, the Bible says to be thankful in all things. And that's one of the aspects. I think some people have this illusion that when you're a Christian, everything's going to be great. And, and so it's easy to give thanks in that. But Paul recognizes, like, this is not easy. Right. Being rooted, be, being built up, being established, it's not going to be easy all the no. time. But we give thanks because, and what are we thanking for? Because we know God's faithful. Yep. We know that in all things, God works out to uh, the believer, to his, to our good and to his glory. That's what we're giving thanks for. Yep. And as a Christian, as we grow in our faith, we need to take stock in our life of, of you know, are we established? Are we rooted? Are we... Um, being built up? Are we building our faith up? And are we actually thankful for it or not? And that's one of those aspects that the, this church is really having to work through right now because these heresies are coming in and they're starting to shake things up and it's starting to go, are you really established in the faith? Yeah. Have you been growing in it? Are you actually rooted? Yeah. And you know, are you thankful? There are people today, there's a, there's a hot button term we use all the time, it's called um, um, deconstruction. Uh oh, and <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. This is about to go somewhere. <laughs> but it's this deconstruction conversation. And there's a lot of people, the problem, there's a lot of working definitions of what we mean by, or what people mean by deconstruction. Oh, there's no doubt. But the, the root of it is going, we're going to deconstruct what we have and ask ourselves what is actually there. The problem we run into is that oftentimes in this conversation of deconstruction, people are deconstructing to the point that they go, there is nothing established. There is no nothing that's actually rooted, and so they remove, like you said, you know, is the Bible really authoritative? If we don't, if the Bible's authoritative, it's no longer a faith that we can trust in. That's right. It's just, and then Jesus was not the Word exactly. made flesh. Exactly. And then that's where you start getting. Well, Jesus wasn't really born of a virgin. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus, and then all of a sudden now, well, it was just written by men. Now you start going down a pathway that, you know, just like a lot of those that would say, and you're right, there are many different definitions of what people are saying deconstruction is. Mm -hmm. Some for for deconstruction, they're saying that, well, I'm just deconstructing some of the things that are not necessarily biblical or they're not necessarily foundational. They're just things like church. Mm -hmm. So I'm deconstructing. I'm pulling away from church. Right which I think is a crazy term anyway, <laughs> pulling away from church. If you look at the, if, if you know the Bible, right, saying that you're pulling away from church is, that's, that's a crazy term. Now we can pull away from how we do church. We've done that over the last couple of years. Yeah. Going, All right, what is this? But they're like? like pulling away from the church. That means you're pulling away from the people of God. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing that, then the Bible's pretty clear yeah. about what's happening. Exactly. You're not deconstructing. You're losing mm -hmm. the faith. You're pulling away from Jesus. Exactly. Um, you you can't be madly in love with Jesus and hate what he loves. Exactly. And this is what's happening there. Some people look at these scriptures and they go, I mean, these are written you know, 2,000 years ago. Why does this actually apply? Because that's what's happening to this church. Yep. What's happening today is not new. This was happening in this church. You have people coming in who are bringing false philosophies. I mean, verse 8. See to it that no one is uh, takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. 
this is what's taking place today and in that t- point in time. There are people coming in. I believe that um, the New King James says captive, no, are not captive, cheat you uh, through these type of things. There are false philosophies are coming in that are uh, based in human tradition uh, over the word. Well, we've always done it this way. Well, this is how we, how we feel like it should be. What does the word say? And yeah. this philosophy is coming over, probably pagan traditions, and then uh, it's based off of, you know, communing with other spirits. So we're no longer taking what the Word of God says, it's what other spirits are saying. Yeah, and that wasn't new in that time, and it's not new today. No. It wasn't It wasn't new in the early church. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't new in the early what is called church fathers. I don't necessarily call them church fathers, but that's, what, that's the terminology mm-hmm. of all the different councils that met mm-hmm. for here's how we're going to— Here's how we're going to do this, and here's how the books of the Bible are going to lay out, and here's how these letters are going to be accepted, and here's the scrutiny that we're going to put them under. And they would meet, and they would do all these things. But we also know that a lot of those that met, they still believed Jews killed Jesus, mm. so they leaned away from the Hebrew. Right. They leaned more into Greek and Roman philosophy and mindset, even in the way that they were trying to interpret the Bible. Right. Therefore, you have Joshua and not Yahshua. Mm. Therefore, you have Jude and not Judah. Right. Like the book of Jude is not actually Jude. It's Judah. Mm-hmm. Actually changing the names right. so that it would have a more Greek and feel. Greek and Roman feel mm-hmm. than a Hebrew feel because Jews killed Jesus. Right. That goes all the way to Luther. That, that, goes, that goes all the way up to Luther's time. Mm-hmm. And even in the Reformation, which was good— but if you look at some of the, the principles of the Reformation, it was terrible. It was mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah. It was anti-God. Right. Now, you say that about Martin Luther, and people go insane. But just because I say that about Martin Luther doesn't mean that the Reformation wasn't great. Right. It doesn't mean that it wasn't something that God wanted to do. Right. It's, 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 it's a fact that it was the purposed will of God for the Reformation to happen. Sure. It was... It was uh, the will of God, that the word of God would be taken and translated into all languages mm-hmm. so that all people could understand the word of God. That's a fact. Yeah. It's not It's not just something that's out in the stratosphere, but it also doesn't mean that there weren't things that weren't happening that were not of the Lord. Exactly. But God still worked it together. Right. And so when, when Paul's talking to them about philosophy and deceit and don't allow these things to take you captive and human tradition over the word and all those things, mm-hmm. we've seen the abuses of the, of the word to, to be anti-women. Right. Okay, women can't teach. They can't do this. They can't do that. They can't do this. They can't do that. Well, just because a woman teaches doesn't make her Lord over anybody. Right. Doesn't give her authority over everybody. Mm-hmm. Just because a man teaches, that doesn't mean all authority comes from him. Yeah. And so we've taken these traditions of men. You go back to the early church. Two main things. Anti-women. Let's take this scripture that says a woman shall be silent. Mm -hmm. Right? And let's make it to mean this because we want to be in control. Right. Right? So Jews, no, we don't want them to do Let's make it to mean this. And so Paul is really dealing with a lot of those things and a lot of those issues in Colossians, because that's what's coming against them. Right. Traditions of men. Right. Not what the Lord had already put in their heart. And that's why he's telling them, you better be immovable. Right. You better be growing in your faith. You better be established in that faith. Right. And you better give thanksgiving. Because Paul's also the guy that was like, in everything, give thanks. Why? 
because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Exactly. Why should we give thanks for everything or in everything, not for everything? We don't give thanks for serial killers. Right. We don't give thanks for crime. But in the midst of those things, we give thanks. Why? Because it's the will of God. Right. The will of God. Mm-hmm. It's not just a part of our faith. It is the will of God. Mm-hmm. And if you're to ask most, pe- most people who, believe it or not, hey, do you want to be in the will of God? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be out of the will of God. Right. Well, a part of that is give thanks. Exactly. Now, he's going into now from here into, uh, again, he's dealing with a lot of these heresies that are taking place. And he's established, you've got to be established, you have all these things, and you, I, I don't want you to be shaken by these by these false philosophies. And he deals with some of the stuff these philosophies are bringing into uh, conversation. Verse 9, uh, for in him, talking about Jesus, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him. Who is the head of uh, head of all rule and authority? What is he talking? Why is he talking about who, why Jesus is full deity and also man here? Well, again, there were, and we talked about this I think last week about the Gnostic right. teachings and uh, even early and then even later mm-hmm. uh, that Christ was only spirit, and then you get you get all these other things about um, now all of a sudden you be, you become a god yourself, mm-hmm. little god. Uh, all those little things, um, and I think you've even talked about, you know, Paul's like, no, there's no need for any rituals or communing with spirits. Again, that gets taken care of even later and uh, um, later on with, you know, we don't worship angels. We right. don't worship that Jesus is above all that. Right. You know, Hebrews digs into that big time about Jesus being our mediator. He's our high priest. Mm-hmm. We only come through the blood. You know, we boldly come to the throne of grace, not right. because of <laughs> angels, not because of this. Jesus's blood speaks a better word. All those things Paul's laying out, again, mm-hmm. foundational principles. Christ is fully divine, right. fully human. And it's countering these teachings that are trying to um, that are trying to come into and again, you've got a lot of things. Hey, you got to be <laughs> circumcised. Hey, you got to do this. Hey, you got to do this. Hey, you got to do this. Right. You got it coming from the Jewish side. You got it coming from the Roman side. You got it coming from the Greek side. You've got all these things coming at these people. Right. Um, some were were just wayward teachings. Some were heretical. Right. Um, some were apostate. Right. Um, Others were just people's misinterpretation of what Jesus said. Exactly. Again, they didn't have the entire written of word of God at this point, mm-hmm. but they're basing everything off of the teachings of Jesus. Right. And uh, again, the Holy Spirit reminding them of everything that Jesus taught. Mm-hmm. And so when Paul lays this out, he's not just talking about apostasy and heretics. He's also talking about these little things mm-hmm. that can lead you away from Christ. Exactly. So he, he's laying all these things out, and he's really, the, the, the over the next several verses, he's laying out essential doctrinal things here in the church about how uh, Jesus is fully divine, the fact that Jesus is above all things, yep. uh, even the, the principalities and powers of the world, uh, that like his sacrifice on the cross put those things to shame yep. because nothing can save man, yep. yet Jesus was able to do it. And he talks about there's some legalism that takes place and how they're they're putting this whole like hey you got to be circumcised and he's like there's a, something greater than all this stuff and then he gets down to verse 20 and 23 and this is kind of where I want to land us today because again there's a lot of philosophy that he's dealing with there's a lot of correction of this terrible theology that's been brought 
in verse 20, it says, if with Christ, I'm sorry, if with Christ you died uh, to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to the things, all that which will perish, according to the human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom. This is this is important. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value, stopping the indulgence of the flesh. This Paul's going, look, you have this false religion that's coming in, yep. and it's telling you all these things, and they sound right. Yep. Even moral. Right. <laughs> they sound moral. They sound good. Yep. He goes, but I'm asking you to step back and examine this and realize they're worthless. Yep. How do we today examine what's being presented to us? Because there's false philosophies being given to us all the time, a lot of which are very similar to what Paul's dealing with. How do you and I, how does the average person step back and go, is this what God is really saying or not? Well, I think it goes back to what Paul is doing. He's pointing them back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Again, if you, so many people are out there looking for the false when, how do you recognize the false? Right. Well, by knowing the real. Mm. When you know the real inside and out, then anything false that comes in outside of that, you recognize it as false. Mm-hmm. I think so many, the demon hunters out there, <laughs> right, are studying the false mm. so much that they can't even give an account to it. Mm-hmm. And actually what they don't even realize is they're opening themselves up more to the false than they are the real. That's good. Because they don't even know the real. Yeah. If you know Christ and you're in him and he's in you, again, it goes back all the way to that Old Testament terminology about being uh, put in the dye, mm. you know, which Colossae was known for was their dye, mm-hmm. being dipped in that and every fiber of that, that uh, garment was covered in that dye. If we are in him and he is in us, then anything outside of him, we see it and mm-hmm. recognize it as not of Jesus. Right. How? Through the Holy Spirit. And Paul deals with that as well. And and if you take the encapsulation, and I know this is it's not it wasn't written as chapter, chapter verse, it's written as a narrative. Right. But in this specific part that we're talking about, he's dealing with human philosophy. He's he's dealing with um, uh, uh, the divinity of man, mm-hmm. trying to make yourself God. He's dealing with legalism from religious leaders. Mm-hmm. So he's dealing with unbelievers, what we would think is agnostics, atheists, unbelievers. Then he's also dealing with the religious ones who say they know God. Right. And they're adding things upon those things, man-made traditions. Mm-hmm. And so he's dealing with philosophies, Man-made myths, man-made even almost like a nursery rhymes, but take it as truth. Right. And then he's dealing with, okay, these people, they um, they sound good and it sounds religious, but they're adding things on top of it. Circumcision. You can't eat this. You can't do this on this day. You can't do it. We know that Christ nailed all the holy days to the cross. Right. We know that Christ said, listen, I've healed this man on the Sabbath. Why do you have a problem with it? I am the Sabbath. Right. You make it a day, but I'm a person. Mm-hmm. 
You make peace a thing. I am peace. Right. You make joy a thing. I am joy. I am peace. I am that I am. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul is telling them. Don't take anything outside of him. Mm -hmm. Know who he is. Be in him and let him be in you. Right. We know that he is in all things, fills all things. He uses the living stones to build it. He fills it all. He's the cornerstone. He's the foundation. Right. He is the building made up of all these parts called the living stones, which are us, the right. body. He's the head of everything. Right. But then he fills everything. Right. And when you have that, then anything that has any fragrance that's not him, truly him, mm -hmm. then you don't have to. I don't want to say you don't have to work at it, but you know if it's not the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think that can even be distorted in the day we live in where people go, oh, I'm not sure that's the Lord when it's actually the truth of the word. Right. Well, let me ask you this. The, you have somebody comes to you and they're like, Pastor, I'm, um, I want to know what truth is. What are some practical resources? Where do you point somebody to, to go, okay, this is how you discover the truth. This is the practical way of walking this out. Where do you point people to these places? How do they identify if they're like they're in a healthy place, a healthy church, or a healthy community that's going to actually help them walk this out? Yeah, I think that again, number one, it all goes back to the basics. Mm -hmm. You know, the word, prayer, mm -hmm. um, worship as a lifestyle, right? Not as music, but as a lifestyle. Worship is not a song. Worship is a lifestyle that. Um, that recognizes the sovereignty of God above everything else. Mm -hmm. And as far as people, again, all, all that's so situational. Right. Uh, because people are different. Right. And so when you sit with somebody and they're telling you, oh, this is not good and this is not good, you see it as, okay, it's not the situation, it's not good. There's something in this Deeper person. Deeper right there, yeah. Yeah. And then other people you talk to, you're like, man, they got really pure motives Mm -hmm. There's something going on over here. Yeah. And so I think all of that's situational. What's not situational is the word of God. Right. Prayer, worship, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus was saying that in the context of uh, worry, anxiety, fear, self-loathing, insecurity, um, self-love, mm. <laughs> um, love for, for things uh, and accumulating things. That verse was said in the context of all of that. Jesus was going, no, your your vision's in the wrong place. Exactly. Seek first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God can be within you. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is doesn't allow anything or anyone to be between you and Jesus, and Jesus is Lord over everything. Right. That's the kingdom of God. And so I, th I think it is. It's pointing people back to the basic, which what Paul is doing. Right. He continually points it back to Jesus, and I'm sure that they were like all of us. It was like, <laughs> can we please move on to another message? Please, can we move on to another message? Right. Tell us something good. I am telling you something good. Right. It all goes back to Jesus. So good. And it all goes back to the, the four things that, we, that, that Paul talked about. Rooted, making a decision, I'm not going to be moved. Built up, taking your next step to grow in Jesus, being established. That is a, a lifestyle of obedience to the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
and then abounding in those things in thanksgiving giving right. thanks in everything because it's the will of god in christ jesus so good well guys we're, we're going to end this here because i honestly i think pastor and i could go on another couple hours i thought this was going to be short and i don't think it is <laughs> I, don't but think the, it is. I think it's pretty awesome <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to our, our producer rick and see what, how much <laughs> long it was but uh, this is the deal where are you guys in in your journey are you rooted have you been built up are you established in the faith are you walking thanksgiving if not, how can we pray with you? How can we help you take your next step in walking these things out? Reach out to us, mediahub at thbstreport.com. Find us on Facebook, Midweek Move, and message us through there. And do me a favor, share this out with some people. Share this out with your friends and family members who you feel like need this. Maybe you got a pastor who's like, you know, he's trying to find some way to help his own church grow. Share this out with them. We want to be a blessing to you. Uh, just to, uh, this past week, Pastor Scott was at another church being a blessing, helping them to grow, because that's what the church does. We help each other grow, and we want to help you grow. So until next time, have a great week.